Welcome back, everybody. This is the PCS Podcast. We're happy to announce that we will never stop believing. You know why? Because there's a lot of good shit happening in pinball these days, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Not to mention all the cool stuff, right? Away we go. Just a city boy Born and raised in South Detroit He took the midnight train Alright, well After God knows how long We are back, everybody Thank you for joining me This is uh, the Pinball and Cool Stuff Podcast I think it's already uh, Labor Day It's Labor Day, 2021 and what better to do on a day off from work than a little bit of pinball podcasting. So it's about 100 degrees in Marietta, and so I'm in the car with the AC on. We have a little bit of background noise, so apologies, but there is a, uh, a whole plethora of things to talk about today in our pinball podcast. And um, it's been a very busy month, so there's been very little podcasting here. For a very long time, as you know, and that's typical of this podcast because there's not a lot to talk about in the previous two months, and now it seems like I've just been piling up items to talk about. So let me start here. So the uh, Museum of Pinball auction is happening this Friday, September 10th through Sunday, September 12th, and I will be there Friday. So for those of you joining me in Banning on Friday, I think at the 11 o'clock show-up time, on Friday is um, the preview. So you get to have a look at the games, test play the games you're interested in. Now I was just informed by a very reliable source that the entire museum will be open and turned on. So games on both sides of the, uh, of the museum, pinball and arcade, will be available to play and test and have fun with uh, during the auction. And I would imagine they'll leave them on throughout, so that way those who intend to buy or bid on games will have a chance to show up whenever they feel like it and then experience the games before they bid on them. So my intention is to go there around 11, show up right when they open, and start playing, start figuring out which games I want. I've got a a list of about 60 games, including arcade games, that I'm bidding on, and it's not a ton of money that I'm trying to bid, but we'll see what I can do. Um, I imagine there will be 250 to 300 people on site Friday through the weekend. And uh, again, it's a two-weekend auction. So if you can't make it this weekend, we'll see you uh, two weekends from then, right? So it'll be two weeks after Friday. We'll begin the second and final installment of the Museum of Pinball auction where they will liquidate the entire collection. Um, to my, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can get an electromechanical game at this auction very easily and very cheaply. So if you're into EMs, and I am definitely trying to bid on a few, I would say get there or get online at captainsauctionwarehouse.com. I think that's the website. And register and bid because I don't believe the EMs will sell high. And I believe there will be EMs very, um, very obtainable for far under market. So that's my opinion, and I'm sticking with it. I think the supply outgrow uh, is far exceeding the demand at this point, especially based on the fact that we have like three or four new releases in games in our pinball hobby coming out in the next, what, two months? So um, 
with the new games coming out and the, the gigantic collection to sell here and the limited number of buyers who can actually go pick games up or have them shipped, I think you're looking at a, um, it's going to be a veritable feeding frenzy out there in Banning, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then two weekends later. So get out there. It's going to be fun. Not to mention the idea that you can just hang out with pinball people for the very last time at the museum and play some games and have a little bit of fun and, and just watch the madness, right? Isn't watching the madness part of the fun of the auction? I cannot wait to hear that auction open up and hear the uh, calamity that will be the uh, awesome spectacle of selling a thousand pinball games. I just, I've never, I never imagined it would, it would happen. And now that it's happening, I'm like, holy crap, what are people going to do? I think people will bid humongous dollars for the collector's editions of the Jersey Jacks there, as well as the limited editions of all the Sterns. Because as you know, LEs do not come up very often. And I think LEs at the museum will go in ex will, will sell for in excess of $10,000. Um, LEs of every Stern game I believe ever made. So you're talking LEs of Ghostbusters, um, Dale Jr. to talk about the opposite end of the spectrum here. you got Tron. You got, um, gosh, I mean, Metallica. Uh, you've got Rolling Stones. You've got Kiss, LE. All these LEs that you can't buy now because there's no way people are selling them are now coming up for sale. Although, albeit there are only one of them, that's why I think the prices are going to go crazy. So I think every LE that's a Stern will go well, well over 10 grand. And it's going to be fun to watch. I think the Pirates Collector's Edition is going to go for $25,000. I'm calling that one. I think the Wonka Collector's Edition is going to go for 15, if not 20, because you can't buy CEs anymore of that game, as you all know, and that's just the way it is. So it's going to be impressive to see what the final toll is to buy all of these games, but as we know, the popular titles are going to go high, and it's going to be exciting. So I don't know why we all find it so fun to watch these prices go crazy and watch this happen, but like... You know, there's a part of me that just finds it absolutely entertaining, and I don't know why. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's just fun. It's like, man, look at what all these people want to do with their money and spend all this money on these, these CEs, these LEs. It's like, it's kind of cool because then you know there's so much passion in our hobby that will never die because people are going to hold on to these CEs and LEs and love them. So for that reason, I'm very grateful, and I'm very happy that there's going to be a huge demand for these cool collector's you know, games. And... Uh, I don't think there's a, a downside, obvious. Uh, I mean, unless you're talking about the obvious, which is like price inflation, but right now I'm excited for that. Very excited. Okay, so the third weekend of September here in, in this wonderful year of our Lord 2021, we're talking about pinball at the lab. So previously in the past five or six years, I think the IE Pinball, that's Carl D'Angelo, has been holding a tournament at Lake Alice in Riverside downtown called Pinball at the Lake. Now it's called Pinball at the Lab. So they're growing the tournament. It's going to be a huge tournament, relatively speaking, because previously the Pinball at Lake Alice was 52 people. And I believe now they're, in, they're enrolling 100, if not more people, to play at Pinball at the Lab. That's going to be at the Riverside Game Lab, September 18th and 19th, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm signing up for that. You go to the website, you'll see me on the wait list. I don't know if I'll get in, but I, I believe I'll get in. I told everybody I'll be there no matter what. Whether I'm playing or whether I'm just watching, I think it's going to be a riot. So I'll be free that weekend. I'm going up. I'm going to stay the night up in Riverside Saturday, and uh, I'm excited. It's going to be, this is like the month of pinball, man, but auction, two weekends of auction, 
the greatest pinball auction in the history of the world, and then one weekend of tournament. I mean, man, it feels so good. It's, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in pinball and back excited about the events surrounding pinball. So yeah, the tournament's going to be fun. There's some big players who are going to be engaged in the tournament. Obviously, Jim Belcito, Carl D'Angelo, um, Kaylee George is going to be there, a couple other well-known players. I think there's a couple people coming from overseas, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be a great time, great time. So get out to Riverside in, uh, I guess it would be next weekend, not the 10th, but the or not the 11th, but the 18th, okay? So get out to Riverside, come join us at the Game Lab and have some fun and enjoy the Game Lab and uh, watch the tournament or play in it. It's going to be fun. I've got nothing to lose except my pride, and I'm not afraid to lose that. So it's going to be a great time. All right, so we just got back from Havasu yesterday, and uh, it was a wonderful lake trip. And let me just say this again for the 20th time. Go to Lake Havasu if you have not been there. The weather, the people, the freedom, it's all part of the American fiber. And we had a great time. Me and Lindsay brought the three kids out, swam in the lake, shot some guns, played some pinball at a, an arcade called The Spot out there. They got some pinball in Havasu after all. We played a wonderful Adams Family on location. And uh, it, let me just say this, I've never played an Adams Family that was so incredibly hard to play, but it was just set really hard. And we got our butts kicked for a solid hour out there at the spot. And it was nothing but fun. Had some pizza, had some wings, had some beers, and had a great time. The kids played all the redemption games, of course, because that's all kids really want to play these days. But um, I'll bring them back home and I'll get them recentered on pinball and let them see what uh, the real fun's about, right? So I, 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 no regrets here. I'll be back there for sure. I think the router there is a guy called Pimpin' Pinball. And uh, so he'll be refreshing the, uh, the location with games. It's going to be fun. So um, the spot in Lake Havasu is a spot you can play at and go to Lake Havasu and play there. Support the operators, everybody. Support the operators. As I mentioned before, we played at 8-Bit Arcade just uh, about a month ago or two. And uh, that also is a great location run by a friend of mine. And uh, so go to 8-Bit Arcade in Marietta. It's a brewery, restaurant, and arcade. So you'll have fun there too. So yeah, Havasu was a riot. We went scorpion hunting. We went stargazing. We went off-roading. We went to the park. Uh, gosh, man, it was just endless fun. Someday I'll live in Arizona, mark my words, because that place is the land of the free. The weekend prior, actually, we went to Utah. Lindsay and I jumped on a plane and went to Salt Lake City to see the family out there. And uh, that was an absolute blast. Went to uh, my friend's daughter's wedding. And so there's been a lot of traveling going on. Just an absolute ton of road time and flight time. And this, this coming weekend will be nothing different because we'll be I'll be on the road to Banning on Friday uh, morning and then Sunday again to pick up games if I happen to win games. But it's going to be fun. A lot of traveling, a lot of road time, but it's all part of the uh, All-American Summer here. It's unfortunate, though, that summer's ending. Labor Day marks the quintessential end of summer here. Um, but it, the fun doesn't have to stop, right? And the fun won't stop. You know why? Because we're going to look at Godzilla very, very soon. And uh, to my understanding, Keith Elwin and Zombie Yeti are collaborating on Godzilla. It's going to be super fun. Cannot wait. Um, uh, Keith Elwin's been hinting at the fact that this game will beat out Avengers really easily. And I almost feel like that may be an empty promise because Keith Elwin is, you know, he's a salesman. He's a designer and a salesman. Can't just abandon his duty as a stern rep. But let me just say this. 
if it if it beats out Jurassic Park, I'll be happy because I believe Jurassic Park is the weakest effort of his career. Um, but yeah, he keeps he's, he keeps touting it, saying it's gonna be it's gonna change your mind about Stern Games, and uh, everybody's saying it. Canada's saying that it's gonna be the most impressive Stern release in a long, long time. The LEs will be more than ten thousand dollars, and of course they're already spoken for. If you haven't heard, excuse me. I've got my my uh, excuse me heart set on a pro because I love Keith Elwin and I'm excited to see what he has to do with this game and so um, we'll see what happens if I can get a new inbox pro for less than six grand I may be a buyer because I don't think anybody will lose money on a pro at six grand but um, I'm not sure what Stern's gonna do with pricing in the very near future understand that they're gonna go $500 more per game from here on out so Godzilla is coming uh, I've already mentioned it of course everybody's already mentioned it but Let's see if this is the week, right? So we're at September 6th today, right? I think it's gonna come out this week. I think tomorrow may be, may be the drop. So keep your eyes peeled, keep your uh, attention up, and uh, prepare yourselves, everybody, prepare yourselves. All right, so there was a, uh, a friend thread, a uh, friend chat thread we had going on down here where a bunch of our techs from the Museum of Pinball are planning a trip to Vegas to go to the Pinball Hall of Fame and help him with his games and do like kind of like a tech trip out there. And unfortunately I will not be able to make it, but I, I had like mixed feelings. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that Tim Arnold is like a major league cheapskate and I don't want to mud rake or spread rumors or spam somebody or troll anybody, but I just heard that he's like a kind of a cheapskate. And I know Tim Arnold's done a lot of great things for charities and in and pinball generally. Um, but he's got a, an army of volunteers just like John Weeks did, right, at the museum. And, uh, it, I mean, it, it would benefit him if he had a new army of techs ready to help him. But um, I guess to ask people to come from Southern California and to offer them, like, lunch and that's it might be a little bit difficult of a sale for someone to donate three days of their time. So I, I not just because of the idea that I'm, I'm getting zilch in return, but I think our Museum of Pinball was a special place. And my I'm going to have a hard time getting over the loss of it. So, like, I'm not really ready to uh, fall in love again with teching for a new location or a new museum or hall of fame or whatever else. Especially in light of the fact that I don't expect to get to know the owner and I don't expect that he'll be terribly interested in learning about any of us except to have us work there and um, have some pizza. So um, it's just not personal enough for me. And my friends are gonna go, but I'm just not terribly interested because there's, I don't feel the connection and it may not ever happen. I'll go there and put quarters in and have some fun, but I don't think I'm ready to dedicate the love and work that we put into the museum, into the Pinball Hall of Fame, just because we like to tech together. I think there's got to be more of a reason. And the local connection that we have with the museum was, was the reason. And the, um, the thing that we called home, that was the reason. So that's gone. And we have to sort of mourn the loss and move on. But I don't know if substituting in the Pinball Hall of Fame is the right way to sort of get over it. And so I won't be going. But, uh, you know, anyway. All right, next topic. All right, so Wonka 2.0 code is out. Let me just say this. The code is awesome. Joe Katz went on some podcast and talked about naming it, you know, calling it 2.0 and explaining that this is a comprehensive code update. Previously, it's, you know, it's incremental and that's fine. They're, they're trying to make things right and fix glitches or whatever. But right now, what I'm looking at on this update is pretty impressive. There's a lot more uh, call-outs. Tons of music, video, um, and voice additions and changes. And I'm really happy because it makes 
some of the multi-ball modes just become more, I guess, immersive and, and a lot more fun, which is really cool. Plus, the scoring has changed, and I, I happened to grand, cha grand champion my, my machine in probably, what, three successive games. So I think they finally got the scoring right on Wonka and the difficulty level right on Wonka. We'll see what happens in the future, but right now it feels really good and very comfortable. Um, so now the golden tickets you can get. You don't have to alter the um, achievement settings to get certain golden tickets anymore like I did prior. So I'm very happy that they decided to alter the code to make it more approachable for people like me who are not all tournament players, we're not all aces, you know, we just, we just want to play and have fun and, and, and see the game that we love so much and see the game that we spend a lot of money on and believe that our costs and our, our investment was justified, you know. There's nothing better than looking at the game, looking at the game that you bought, open up right before your eyes, and feel so happy about what they put into it. And that's my pinball expectation going forward. So yeah, Wonka 2.0 is out. If you have not downloaded it, go get it if you have a Wonka. It's fantastic. It's an absolute, absolute bombshell. All right, so Guns N' Roses. I, I, I've been playing the living crap out of my game. I'm not sure how many games I have on it. I would say it's in excess of 700, um, and I've been the only one playing it. I've only had one little pinball gathering, and it did not get a lot of games put on it then, but so yeah, I've been putting a lot of time on it. And uh, let me just say this, the game obviously is an experience, and I mentioned this before, you're not after the code, or I don't know, you're not really after the rules here, you're after the experience of GNR, and, and I guess it bears repeating, what you get from this game is a, an experience. It's not a rule set. To me, it's not a rule set, it's not a mission, it's not a journey, it's not wood chopping, it's an experience. It's like stimulation at the highest level for a game. And so, that's what you do, that's what you should know going in. You know what you're getting. It won't be a pinball game, it's almost like a concert while you flip, you know? So anyway, I, I know that going in, I enjoy the hell out of the game, I'll never stop loving it. Um, it, but it is fairly repetitive, right? You're entering the same mode, same locks, same quick multi-balls, same, you know, things like that. And let me just, just put a disclaimer on this comment by saying, I know very little about the code and the goals and linear objectives or, or non-linear objectives. What I can say is, I can play pinball well enough to dig into a game, and what I've dug into is a lot of rep, rep, repetition. And, and I, again, I, I don't think it's crappy. I think it's amazing, but I don't play it to, um, I don't play the game to, to expect a new experience every time. And it, it seemed like that with uh, Pirates as well, by the way, just a side note, but, okay, so GNR is repetitive, but I, again, I don't play it for the experience of, oh man, I'm gonna dive into the rules and just, I'm gonna get three wizard modes right now and that's all I want. It's like, man, just the experience itself is worth playing the game, so it is amazing. The lights are incredible. <laughs> the wizard modes, when you get them, are really fun. Um, you know, there's nothing special about them, if, if I had to say. But they're fun, you know, they're wizard modes. You got somewhere, you did something good and you get a, you get a reward. So, um, the music is just still so addictive. It's like, you almost, you almost remember what the lights do every time you enter a song. And it makes the, makes the game that much more appealing because you remember how the lights react during uh, song mode. So I'm really excited still. Um, <laughs> and one of my notes here in my, in my pod notes are, I have a, I have a set of pin stadiums that I've yet to open for GNR. They were the Neo Fusion Concert Editions. I bought them two, three months ago and I've been holding on to them. I haven't opened them up. Do I sell them or do I hold them? Do I put them in or do I sell them? From what I understand, I don't, I mean, let me say this, I don't need the lights. 
the lights on the game are insanely awesome. They're perfect. They're spectacular. I feel like I don't need the pin stadiums. I bought the game after looking at some pic or the uh, lights after looking at some pictures and thinking, wow, that's a big difference. And then when I got the game, I'm like, this game is perfectly lit. I don't believe that it needs more lights. So do I sell them or do I hold them and put them on? Um, I think that Penn Stadium is releasing only like 50 of these lights. I don't know. I, I think it seems like a limited like release of a product. So maybe I should just hold them and sell them or maybe uh, sell them for costs. I mean, do I make money on this? Maybe if I can, I should. Uh, my, my, my moral code, my moral compass is turning right now. What, do I make money on a flip of Penn Stadiums and feel, feel okay about it? Or do I make money on a flip of Penn Stadiums and feel bad about it? Am I ripping somebody off and capitalizing on scarcity or am I um, just doing what anybody would do and making money on something that's more valuable than what you purchased it for? I'm not sure. It's a conundrum. So yeah, I'm still making that decision. I'm not going to install one for a very long time if I do. I don't know what, what's going to happen there, but yeah, the game doesn't need them. So I think I'll just hold on to them and figure out who wants them later. We'll see what happens. So Cactus Canyon Remakes coming out very soon. We all know it's going to have fatter code, better art. So the art on the cabinet is changing. You all heard that? Um, not the playfield though. So the art on the cabinet will be enhanced or altered in some way. I'm not sure. I wonder if Chris Franchi did it. I understand that he, he has done the art on that game. So that would be cool to see what Chris Franchi has to do with his version of Cactus Canyon. Although we all know that John Yowsey did the original, I think the art on that game is freaking amazing as it is. So if, if Chris Franchi's gonna enhance it or do a whole new set of you know drawings for the game cabinet, I will love to see what happens there. So better toys are coming. Um, I understand that the limited edition will have a topper with a mini game associated with it. And it, it sounds like we're getting a shooting, like a shooting game, like a shooting gallery game with the topper as the minigame for that Cactus Canyon remake. I'm excited for that, actually. That, that would be a lot of fun and very, very unique, very innovative for a pinball game to have like a shooting gallery in the topper. But I would imagine it's like a shooting gallery where you hit shots and uh, the, the targets go down on the topper, right? Like you knock them down if you hit shots. That would be really cool. It'd be like robotic, right? Or servo-operated. I'm interested to see what they do there. Um, very, very excited. So, um, that's coming next. Very, very soon. I think this, like literally, Godzilla is coming this week. Uh, CCR is coming maybe this week, maybe the week after. But from what I hear, September's the thing, right? Canada's told us. And he's rarely wrong. I mean, you know, he's pretty wrong sometimes, but... He's rarely wrong, wrong on releases. I don't think he's wrong on releases ever. Alright, so... Uh, Spinal Tap's coming out from Homepin. Spinal Tap. I never understood Spinal Tap because I never saw it, so I need to see it. I need to have a look at this, but if it's Homepin, I'm not I'm not in love with their build quality, so I'm not sure that even is a thing here. I think he's got a market in Taiwan or China, and I think he's going to sell them there, and that's just how it's going to be. I don't think a lot of people love that thing here. Nobody bought Thunderbirds, and nobody's probably going to buy Spinal Tap, even if they like the theme. I don't see the enthusiasm growing on Pinside, that's for sure. That's for dang sure. Alright, so what else is in today's notes? Utah trip, Havasu trip, Museum of Pinball, Tech trip. Oh, so <laughs> my last note here, and it's a sad note, I don't think we need to beat this topic up, um, either of these topics up, let's just say this. Deep Root Pinball and Playfield issues with JJP. Alright, so I understand that JJP is going to be selling owners of GNR pinball playfields at cost. Cost is $500. Uh, 
So normally you'd expect to buy a playfield for what, 800, 900 bucks. So cost for JJP is $500 for a playfield. Now I don't have a problem with them offering this, you know, option for us to become whole if we have a damaged playfield or whatever. And uh, I got a free one on Wonka though, as you all know. But to say that cost for them is $500, I think that's BS. So I think they're getting them for like much less. And I think they're saying our total cost, right? So what I think they're doing is saying, we spent this much money in administrative and overhead to get this playfield delivered and sent to you. So our total cost is what we paid Mirko for the playfield, as well as what we would consider allocated overhead or allocated administrative expenses to get you the playfield. I think that's what they're doing because there's no effing way they're spending $500 or sending that money to Mirko for a piece of wood with some paint on it and some clear coat on it. Made in hundreds, batches of hundreds or thousands. There's no freaking way they're spending that. There's no way. It is raw materials, right? Wood. Wood. If you buy it in bulk, how much does that wood cost? Let's call it $12. Let's call it $25. Let's call it $50. Okay, $50. Bucks. Uh, what, $10 in clear coat? $10 in art? So you're talking $70 in raw materials. Production costs cannot be triple that. And even if it were, you'd be at $300 for cost. So JJP's making you pay for something that they would call cost of administration or overhead cost to process this thing to us, to sell it to us. And I think that's kind of the bullshit effort here. So JJP, I don't mind you selling it at cost, but don't ever try to lie to us and tell us that your cost of a, of a Wonka playfield or a GNR playfield is $500. Don't tell us that. Just be honest. All right, so at this point, I'm a little tired of the dishonesty. Not, not the idea that there's problems, but the dishonesty. And I think people have said this over and over, and I'm finally on that bandwagon of JJP's being dishonest. Tell us your real cost. Don't tell us it's $500 for a piece of wood with paint on it and clear coat. Just don't. That's, that's tired. And if you have a critical mind and if you think critically like like I'm trying to do here you're probably gonna see it too it's like there's no way it's a tiny small piece of wood it's maple hardwood plywood which I, you can buy by the sheet before the COVID crap with the lumber you could buy it by the sheet at $35 a sheet that's four feet by eight feet okay $35 now it's probably 135 but either way it's not a full sheet of, it's not a full sheet of plywood so let's not let's not BS here JJP come on come on we love the company. We don't want to do this. All right, so Deep Root shut down. The SEC is suing Robert Mueller. Um, as a lawyer, I have a lot of thoughts on this because I've read the pleading. And I won't go into it here, but man, it's funny to watch the comment boards on Pinside, isn't it? Everybody looks at this thing and talks like they're attorneys, and it's it's I, I actually enjoy it because it's it's fun to opine and, and, and speculate. And But man, there's a lot of big mouths on Pinside right now talking about what's what with regards to law and liability and all this stuff. And I find it absolutely popcorn material, man. Grab your popcorn, go read, it's funny. It's funny, it's entertaining. So yeah, Deep Roots down. I feel really bad for those who pre-ordered or paid in full for Raza. They're never gonna see a nickel of that money. And uh, the lesson is repeated. You do not spend money on pre-order games from a manufacturer who has yet to produce a single game. You just don't. Why would you? Now that we have so many options with so many companies who are producing pinball what's the point we can order games right now and have them delivered in one month or two months or five months or whatever 
The idea is we know games are being built by companies. Why spend money on a company who's not building anything and has not built a single game yet? I don't get it. But I think the allure of having a game that people believe will be produced in small numbers and the idea of having something that nobody else can have is a tempting, a very tempting bait like for people, like certain people. It's very tempting. That little that wonderful idea, that wonderful prospect of owning something that was only made 200 of or 300 of is enough for people to put $10,000 down to a company with no proof that they will make it or can make it because they will love the feeling of having a game no one else can have. I don't care if everybody has the game that I have. I hope everybody has the game I have, right? I don't care about the value going up or down. I care about sharing the experience and saying, hey, did you get Wonka yet? Or hey, did you get Iron Maiden yet? I love Iron Maiden. You should buy one. Hey, you can buy one. They're making another run of Iron Maiden soon, right? Stern's gonna release more Maidens. Whoop-de-doo. I don't care if they make three million Iron Maidens because I don't care if my machine's devalued by production. I care that people enjoy the game and we can all talk about it and play it and get good at it, right? I guess my approach is different. Maybe I'm not just, maybe I'm just not that worried about my game being worth seven grand or six or five or 10 or 20 or 30 because I don't, I don't speculate on games, but there is a different group of people out there who are speculating on games, and that's their sole reason for buying a game. They know there will be less than 500 made of that game. So, um, lesson learned, maybe, but I'd say people will speculate on games that will never be made forever, because nobody learned from Highway, nobody learned from Deep Root, nobody learned from, what's it called, Zidware, or what's it, Pintasia. You name it, there's like five iterations of this problem happening in pinball in the last 15 years. And everybody's still in line to give somebody money who will never make a game. And reasonably cannot be expected to make a game because they've showed nobody that they can. And they've shown nobody that they have the facilities, manpower, or money to make the thing work and happen and truly become a reality. Alright? A cautionary tale, everybody. A cautionary tale. Deep Root Pinball. Rest in peace. Well... It's a bit hot out here, so I think right now I will go jump in the pool and spend my afternoon on this wonderful Labor Day, not laboring. Everybody, save your labor for tomorrow. Enjoy your holiday. Thank you for joining me again. I'm sorry for the long layover. I will get right back to you as soon as I talk about, or excuse me, as soon as I get to the auction. I might just do a podcast from the auction. We'll see what happens, but you guys stay tuned. This week may be a big one. Well, it may be a big one for releases anyway. It's already going to be a big one because of the auction. So stay tuned, everybody. Maybe we'll get back on with a pod about a new release. Who knows? God bless you. Hey, someday,